Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. They specialize in making their facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. Not only that, there are no movement fees and there are no visitation restrictions. They are located near I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more information, you can call 469-400-7650. That is Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas and Brian Murphy. On today's podcast, we will discuss the uh, the final chapter to the Frisco Reedy Dream Football season, as well as uh, hey, we can officially say that we've covered a Heisman Trophy winner now. Yeah. But uh, first, uh, let's uh, let's pick up with uh, some high school football playoff talk. And gentlemen, we are down to just one team in our coverage area, and this has been the case for. Uh, for what seven straight years now, the uh, it's Allen. <laughs> Allen uh, once again bound for the uh, bound for the final four. They punched their ticket to the state semifinals over the weekend with a fifty-one to seven victory over Waco Midway. A game that was only 10-0 at the half, and then uh, those pesky old thirty-four point quarters will uh, will do a team in. Is yes, Allen just. Allen caught fire in the third quarter, and you know, partially a, a combination of Allen just executing on a, uh, a on a far higher level than they had been earlier in the game, and then um, just some lapses in execution by Midway that helped kind of get the get the ball rolling there. So this was a uh, this was a 10-0 game at the half, and Midway receives the ball to start the uh, third quarter. So you're thinking that you know, with this game being relatively back and forth, if Midway is able to get any points, I mean, you could be in for a because uh, Allen had played two really competitive games the two weeks mm-hmm. prior against Rockwall the Woodlands, so mm-hmm. there was at least a blueprint there for Midway to make Allen sweat a little bit more, and then the opening kickoff happens, and it careens off the chest of the Midway kick returner, Allen recovers the ball in the red zone, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Allen scores in five plays, Midway takes the ball right back down to midfield, turnover on downs on the curious fourth and, uh, fourth and one play action pass. And um, gets the ball. Yeah, Allen gets the ball right back. They march right down and score again. Allen seems to be forcing a lot of turnover and downs these playoffs. So far. yes, between what they uh, between their work against Rockwall and uh, yeah, I mean it's <laughs> I'd have to check, but yes, yeah, certainly probably the uh, if you're going to look for a, a three game stretch in the playoffs yeah. and probably as many turnovers on downs as that defense has enjoyed in quite some time. Um, and yes, Allen just I mean the great you know Grant Tisdale and Theo Weiss hooked up for a couple touchdowns. Juwan Mason took an end around 24 yards. He even had defensive back Cornelius Will. Williams getting in on the fun with an 85-yard pick six, wow. and what was 10-0 at halftime blossomed into 44-7 by the end of three quarters. And yeah, all in all, it equated uh, Allen's most lopsided playoff victory since the first round of the 2013 postseason. 
when they huh. beat Lake Highlands 63-6. to So it's been a hot minute since Allen's drummed up a team yeah. like this in the playoffs. And to do it at the state quarterfinals, it was definitely a game that, you know, like given what, you know, the way that they were pushed against Rockwall and the Woodlands, just for Allen to, you know, kind of, I don't know if there was ever any doubt within the team, but just to remind that, like, they are capable of getting yeah. to a level that few teams in the state are with a with just an emphatic blowout over what was a pretty solid midway program. That's surprising that Allen doesn't win more playoff games like that, you know. I mean, there's a lot of like thirty, like there's yeah, a lot of thirty-five sure to thirty-eight, twenty-eight points. Yeah, sure. I mean, forty-four but, points. So that's. I mean, it's tough to beat a team in the playoffs yeah. by you know by over forty points, especially sure. in the fourth round. Yeah, which is nuts. When you're down to the final eight in your in your bracket, so mm-hmm. I was I was admittedly I was a little surprised that it was all the way back in 2013 because mm-hmm. yeah, you'd think just in the first round that they would have yeah. you know just wreck shop on some hapless opponent by you know by someone close to that, but no, yeah, I mean it was it was a, an impressive second half for Allen, maybe as good a half as that team has played in, a, in quite some time. And the big takeaway though from this kind of just looking big picture though, because obviously there's a huge game coming up this weekend that's uh, going to be uh, plenty of buzz surrounding that one against Duncanville. Um, Allen had a couple injuries up front. They lost uh, two starting offensive linemen, their center Nick Trice, their uh, their guard uh, Sir Tadrian Brooks. And then granted, the offensive line was able to, you know, they rallied just fine. You know, they had to sub in, uh, you know, Braden Sanders at center and Colton Ellert at, uh, at right guard and didn't miss a beat. I believe Grant Tisdale only got sacked one time all game and, you know, the touchdowns to Theo Reese, if you go check those out on those highlights on social media. I mean, you'll see that he had a very clean pocket to work with, and I mean, yeah, it's it looked like uh, just a typical Allen offensive line, but obviously Duncanville is not a traditional yeah. defensive line, so mm-hmm. we'll see, um, but that is obviously a very noteworthy subplot because um, obviously a tall order this yeah. weekend for Allen in the uh, in the state semifinals. Well, just real quick, um, man, that's crazy. Seven years in a row in the state semifinals. I know, that's, yeah. What an awesome run. It's... <laughs> It's no matter which way you slice it, because obviously, sure enough, Allen does have its tr- have its uh, detractors out there and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, like I've said, if you're competing at the highest level in UIL competition against the kind of schools that they've seen, and it hasn't been you know easy by any stretch. I mean, you see, game I mean, that game like Rock against Rockwall, that was a very losable game. You know, Midway, I mean, not Midway, but uh, the Woodlands was you know had a, a game tying drive that they yeah. were shooting for late, and then you think even even in the past, you know, those close calls that they've had in the second round. I mean, it's certainly something that uh you know. Folks, uh, you know, you kind of, at this point, some might take it for granted. Coach Gamble emphasizes every week. I mean, people don't realize how hard it is to do this. Yeah. So, but yes, no, no matter which way you slice it against, you know, 6A competition, the uh, the kind of schools that they play in the Metroplex, which is, you know, for our money, maybe the best, the most talented overall region of the state. I mean, yeah, to get to the state semifinals seven straight years, that is no small feat. Do you know off the top of your head which team bounced them out of the playoffs? Seven or eight years ago, before they reached the, I believe it was Euless Trinity. In the Euless, okay, round. when they were Euless Trinity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I believe it was Euless Trinity the last time when they lost, and that would have been what the 2011 uh, area playoffs. Right before Kyler Murray. Yeah. Right okay. before the Kyler Murray year. Mm. So, yes, I believe Trinity was the last team to hand Allen a playoff loss prior to the state semifinals. They've lost twice in the state semis within the last seven years, so this mm-hmm. has been a, a stumbling block, as noted with the uh, with the Woodlands and Austin Westlake and what they were able to do and. Uh, yeah, I mean, should be a should be a fun game on uh, on Saturday though. Uh, yeah. You know, Justin, you've already uh, had a chance to see Duncanville in the uh, you know throughout this postseason. You saw yeah. them uh, what they were able to do against Louisville. Um, yeah, I saw mean, a little bit of the Carroll game on TV too. Yeah, I mean, the intrigue for this game just went through the roof with what Duncanville was able to do to South Lake Carroll. Yeah, game sounds that, like that was kind of similar game to the Allen game. Well, it was the exact same yeah. score, fifty-one yeah. to seven. Worst Carroll loss in the playoffs ever. 
I mean, because that South Lake team was like they were rolling. I mean, yeah. you look at the job that they did, just taking down DeSoto and Trinity. I mean, just mm-hmm. juggernaut programs, and it really looked like you know things were starting to fall into place for the South Lake program. Yeah. That I mean, granted, it's still a great season for them, and you know, in Riley Dodge's first year at the helm. But yeah, this just might once again be just the latest affirmation that Duncanville's defense is just something special. Yeah. So they've. I think I was looking, and they've forced ten turnovers in their four playoff games so far, including five on uh, Saturday. I know they scored two touchdowns Saturday. I know against Louisville, their defense put them inside the 10 twice. I know they got a safety in one of their other games. So mm-hmm. they don't just shut teams down, but they they create offense for their own for their own team too. Did y'all, did y'all see that cool video on Twitter after the game with uh, a really neat moment with yeah, T.J. McDaniels yeah. crying on the ground, you know, a season, his career just came to an end, even though he's going to SMU next year. Uh, and then, you know, a handful, yeah, almost yeah. half a dozen or so Duncanville yeah. players came, you know, encouraging him, helping him get up and, you know, patting him on the on the shoulders and stuff. And that was, you know, that's what high school football is all about, Absolutely. you know. You, you lose fifty-one-seven in a in a game and a lopsided score that not many people were expecting. You know, against two heavyweights just going at it, and then you know their, their star player, star running back T.J. McDaniel, you know, in his lowest moment, obviously in his career, and and that's that was great to see. You know, by the by the Panthers, that was a really neat video. Uh, Duncanville, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin. Obviously, we're going to talk later on mm-hmm. more in more detail about this matchup. But, um, I mean, yeah, Justin, you saw them against Louisville. Just yeah. what was, I mean, just getting to see that, you know, that 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 unit in person. What was just your, your well, initial takeaways and just what they were? Their front to do? seven just controls everything. Mm-hmm. They're awesome, and then their secondaries seem to be very like elite uh, with ball, ball hawks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what I would say offensively. They moved the ball, but I didn't get to see a whole lot offensively because they were just set up with short fields so much. They didn't have to have long drives and stuff. I mean, they had a couple when they needed to, and and they did. But most of their possessions, when I've seen them, have been starting deep in their opposing territory. And but it looks like their quarterback had a pretty awesome game against Southlake, Jaquinton Jackson. Mm Yeah, it's, it's a game that definitely, um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know who you favor in this one, honestly. I mean, I think I give Allen the edge just because of the experience in these in games yeah. like this. Now, obviously, this is this is Monday. I'm going to dig, you know, try to dig as deep into this game as I can in the in the days to come. But, I mean, I don't know. You can make a great case for both sides in this yeah. one, and that's what, I mean, it's the Final Four. Like I've, you know, I've said from the get-go, like, I don't think there's really that much separation between the top tier of teams in 6A this year, whether it's Allen, Duncanville, North Shore, heck, even Lake Travis now, which pulled an impressive victory over over, over yeah. Converse Judson, there's really not that much in terms of just skill, uh, you know, separation between these th- teams. So um, yeah, I mean, I think we're, I mean, what a juicy Final Four, though. I mean, you really yeah. you're getting, you know, it's as as good a as good a Final Four as I think as folks could have envisioned. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And that game on Saturday is going to be at AT and T Stadium, uh, four o'clock between Allen and Duncanville. Um, I mean. That should fill up pretty well, you'd think. Yeah, I would think so. Um, so yeah, that was a uh, at least that was how I spent my uh, my afternoon, you know, uh, covering Allen against Waco Midway, and then all the while, you have some shit. I saw Matt Stepp tweeted out. He said 30k uh, expected for for Duncanville Allen on, on Saturday. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I wonder, man, because the only time uh, I wonder what a bit if Southlake had would have won. Yeah. I wonder what that you think would it'd be said. even more. Yeah. Because the, uh, I always think back to that second round playoff game between Allen and DeSoto back in 2014. I mm-hmm. want to say it was the one that Allen won on a uh, on a walk off. 
It was 25-22, mm-hmm. and that was only in the second round, but that is as packed as I've seen AT- AT&T Stadium for a non-state title mm-hmm. game. Um, so, yeah, I'm just when I'm thinking of just like non-state title crowds that involve Allen, that's kind of what I was deferred to. But, yes, with the intrigue surrounding this Duncanville game, then, uh, yeah, I could see it very well. <laughs> and that 30K is not a wild estimation yeah. at all. But um, see, so yeah, I spent my Saturday out in uh, out in the Waco covering the Allen game, and on the way back, um, you know, there was a lot of buzz building then throughout Allen once they were able to polish off their victory, and hoping that uh, one of their alumni was able to enjoy a, a nice personal accolade later on in the night as the Heisman ceremony was uh, went down Saturday evening. And sure enough, Allen's uh, Allen alum Kyler Murray. He's uh, I mean, what a year that he's had yeah. quarterbacking Oklahoma, and yes, sure enough, uh, he's able to bring home the Heisman Trophy. And what were your guys just general reaction to that? Let me see, let me see Kyler just get the. Uh, you know, get that award. It's, I mean, it's really cool. I mean, he's what probably the best high school football player in Texas ever. It's it's he, up for debate, but it's he's he's the closest thing. Yeah. If, if you just read like the people that have been around this game forever and just who you, I mean, I guess I don't know. Like, who who do you think of when you think of like the greatest players ever, like Ricky Williams or some of those Westlake quarterbacks? Or think of Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah. Like, look at his resume. Yeah, undefeated. It's the closest yeah. thing to a goat that you have at the mm-hmm. Texas high school football. He had the numbers. He, he had what if the he wins. Just comes back another year and in. in didn't have this baseball thing going on, could he be the GOAT of college football as well? Like, if he came back and hit another season like this, not even counting what might happen mm-hmm. in the playoff coming up. Well, then he'd get in the discussion discussion of, like, Tim Tebow what if he and those guys. Guys in a row, though? Then he'd go into the discussion with, like, Tebow and and, and then those type of guys that over the last 15, 20 years that have, have done it, but... I mean, that's awesome. You know, it, 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 Honestly, I, it, I all year surprised at all. All year it was it was Tua, 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 yeah. Tua, and then you know he doesn't never plays in the fourth quarter, and then they compared the fourth quarter stats between or the the, the third the stats of the first three quarters mm-hmm. between Kyler and Tua, and they're almost identical anyways. Yeah. And then Tua goes down, and then you know uh, against Georgia a couple weeks ago, that I, that like sealed the deal, yeah. no doubt about it for Tua. Yeah, it I was, guess I was kind of surprised how much he ran away with it, but yeah. I, th- I think if Tua would have balled out in that game and he would have led the comeback instead of Jalen Hurts, I think it would have been literally neck and neck. But Kyler deserved it, 100%, no doubt about it. Because the case for Kyler was always that, like, OU had to have every ounce of that production to win because their defense was such a clown show. And, yeah, like, whereas, you know, for you know for Alabama, you look at just the embarrassment of riches that Tua has to work with, the fact that, I mean, he goes down, Jalen Hurts comes in, and they don't miss a beat. In fact, they actually they probably lose that game if Tua doesn't get hurt. Now, if Kyler Murray gets hurt, and I don't even know who Oklahoma's backup Austin is. Austin Kendall. Okay, this OU guy right here. So if he goes in. I'm sure it's not Kendall Austin. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to produce half the numbers that Kyler's putting up. I'm sorry, no offense, Kendall, but it's Kyler Murray's phenomenal. He's it's just wild because, like, the. Uh, like the entire country kind of learned who Kyler Murray is this year. You know, a lot of people have kind of heard about him, you know, just kind of what, based on what he yeah. did in high school and whatnot. But as far as actually seeing him on a national platform, plying his craft, um, you know, the nation was just so amazed with this because he's so much fun to watch too. He's a really mm-hmm. electric and exciting player. But I mean, around around Allen, around the Dallas area, they're like, yeah, this is kind of like every Friday night yeah. from 2012 through 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like, you're just happy for him because of the road. That it took for him to get here, you know, with what happened at Texas A&M what, and that situation with with him and Kyle Allen and just the, obviously that didn't work out and he ends mm-hmm. up transferring to OU. He's got to, you know, obviously sit out a year due to the transfer rules, but then you have the rule that's passed that enables Baker Mayfield to, you know, to play an extra year. This has worked yeah. out perfect. <laughs> so, I mean, but yeah, but so... 
Unless you want to watch him play more. <laughs> yeah, because <true. laughs> yeah, like, obviously this was this rule was you know was enacted after Kyler had transferred. So Kyler's thinking that when he transfers, okay, I'm just gonna have to set out one year and then I can vie for the starting yep. quarterback job. But obviously it's Baker Mayfield. You know, it's he's, you're gonna be the backup to the kid who you know to the guy who eventually wins the Heisman Trophy. So just to see that you know he you know. With the road that it took him to get here, very unconventional, and then to see it rewarded with one of the great college football seasons ever. Like, I, I mean, I looked up the stat on sportsreference.com. His quarterback rating is the highest all time in college football. Hmm. I, mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, so just to do, to do that in just, in just one year as OU starter, um, yeah, just really speaks volumes. Just what a special, special talent. And it's, it's a shame that, you know, we're down to, you know, what sounds like it's going to be, you know, at most two more football games for him, since it does sound like baseball is going to ultimately win out in the end for him. But, yeah, I mean, what a, what a ride. What a, what a joy it's been to watch Kyler over the last, I mean, since 2012 when he was balling out as a sophomore in Allen. What's it going to take for him to go to the NFL draft? <laughs> I mean, he's got it set right now in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, guaranteed money. You know, doesn't have to worry about the concussions, the, the all those brutal injuries. And I, I mean, just need the, he just needs to go and be the next Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, and just, just do, do both. both. Yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> Bo Jackson played one for, played uh, football for fun <laughs> in his spare time. Uh, so yeah, you know, shout out to Kyler Murray and uh, you know his family and whatnot, and just everybody. Uh, yeah, I mean, what a what a cool. How about this cool deal? Um, you know, Jeff Fleener, the uh, the head coach at Skeet, former longtime offensive coordinator at Allen. He and his wife made the uh, made the trip up north to uh, attend the Heisman ceremony oh, and cool. be with Kyler. So, yeah, very very cool seeing his old high school offensive coordinator there to uh, to celebrate his uh, his big moment with him. And um, yeah, that is a look at uh, yeah some more Allen centric stuff, but obviously still plenty uh, you know plenty to discuss right in your neck of the woods with Frisco Reedy and their big game against Toledo. But um, but first, got to shine that student athlete spotlight, and um, we're going to stick with Allen since they're the the only team we have left standing. And a chat with their uh, their standout defensive back Mo Perkins, who had a big hand in uh, in that win over Waco Midway on Saturday. Um, yeah, we'll see what Mo had to say after a word from the sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, ATD painting has you covered. They have four locations in the Metroplex, including Plano and Louisville. You can call 972-694-8888 for more information, or you can visit their website at atdpainting.com. That is ATD painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. We are out here at Allen High School talking with defensive back Mo Perkins of the Allen Eagles. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. I know it's been a busy week for y'all. Appreciate you. So, um, congratulations on being bound for the uh, for the state semifinals for I believe the the seventh consecutive year. Uh, just uh, yeah, just another uh, just another another a day on the job here at Allen. So, I'm um, just talking a bit about um, on the heels of the victory um, Saturday against uh, against Waco Midway. Just how proud are you of the team just to be bounded for the uh, for the final four once again? Oh yeah, well we just got to keep up with our film study and going hard at practice, man. And any team like Waco, they called us out, so that made us even that made us come even harder, to be honest. And once you call us out, you gonna get what you get. <laughs> now you certainly had a had a big hand in that uh, in that game on Saturday with two interceptions. Just talk a bit about what um what were you able to do on Saturday that made you so effective in the secondary? Man, Saturday I was just waiting for my opportunity to get a pick, and it happened. And I even got two, so I wasn't even tripping. That was my my time to shine. And fourth round of the playoffs, that was the best time to do it, I believe. 
Now, is that your first uh, first multi-interception game of the uh, the season or of your career? Career. career. I ain't never done that. I mean, yeah, just I mean, just from a from a personal standpoint, just to come through in such a uh, such a big stage, you know, being you know the fourth round of the postseason. Just how much does that need you to be able to contribute that way? Man, I, it means a lot to me. Like I was starstruck after that happened, but it was a dream come true to be honest. All season, I've been waiting for to give me give me a pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I saw that online. I said those were your first picks of the season. Yes, sir. Was there such a sense of relief that kind of came with uh, with finally being able to get yes. that one? Now I know. Now I know when I get that ball, it's something else. <laughs> does that? I mean, does that weigh on the defensive back's mind? You know, just hope because I mean that's what you kind of live for. Just those moments to be able to get those interceptions and whatnot. I mean, was it ever? Was that in the back of your head at all? Like, man, I hope I get one this season. Or uh, that was on the back of my head. This, uh, these playoffs records and stuff. Cause I had to step up. Cause during the season, I ain't, I ain't give me nothing. I was, I was mad at myself, but I had to hurry up and give me something this week. And I was, um, you know, looking through some of the other uh, highlights. At least, um, talking through kind of that first interception. Thinking back to that, I mean, it looked like he, uh, you know, the receiver ran a slant on you, just kind of mm-hmm. undercut it. Just, um, what were you kind of, kind of talking through how you diagnosed that, uh, that takeaway, and just what were you kind of looking for that opened up that, um, that opportunity for you? Well, I got beat across my face. And I knew I couldn't just give up, or it would be an easy touchdown. And coach, our coaches said they uh they like train us very well to to not give up and always finish the play and make a play if you mess up. And I had to I had to jump the route real quick and pick the ball off. And that was my play I made, and that was it really. Now, Coach Gamble talks about um, the importance of using your eyes when he's talking about the defensive backs. Just um, talk a bit about that that skill and just how you've kind of been working on that and just the importance of, of using your eyes as far as being a successful defensive back. He, he really uh, takes time to like focus on eyes because eyes can take you a lot. You can get beat with your eyes and you can win with your eyes. And that's what Coach Gamble, he really, he really puts that on the corners. He stays with the corners at practice and... That's one thing we we really learned this season, and it helped us out a lot. You see the you see the score. Kind of uh, take me back to just the start of the season, and just kind of what, what it was like, you know, with all the guys that graduated last year from the secondary. What was it like on your end, you know, having to kind of step in as one of really the only, uh, really one of the only experienced defensive backs on the team? Just what was it like, you know, for you back on um, back in August? You know, I had to just bring up everybody that I ain't played before and tell them, tell them y'all be used to this this. It ain't nothing new, and y'all just got to get used to the game. Y'all be fine if y'all just trust the process. Mm-hmm. And I had to, I had to step up big time because I'm trying to be like last year. We want to stay with our other defense, and that was basically how I felt about being a senior this year. Yeah, just how different does this senior year feel for you compared to your junior year last season? So my junior year, I knew I had a little help. Because I had Taj, Javon, all that in the secondary. So that was, that had a lot of, it gave me a lot of weight off my shoulders. But this year I knew I had to play a big role in my defense because it would be different for us, for seniors. So now I'm going back to Saturday. I mean, the previous two games, you guys had played some really competitive, down-to-the-wire style games. Really the first time all season you guys have been involved in those situations. Obviously on Saturday, you know, one of the bigger playoff wins from a sheer margin of victory standpoint in quite a few years. How big was it for the team just to have a performance like that, just to kind of get back to playing the level of just dominating football that you guys are accustomed to? I mean, it really felt good, but it was just another day for us. Mm -hmm. We got to get ready for Duncanville. But other than that, our defense, we had to come ready because these last two weeks we have been looking like a state championship team, and everybody's been talking, 
and we felt some type of way, so we had to pick it up a little bit, and you saw the outcome mm-hmm. of that. So you mentioned Duncanville, and obviously looking ahead to Saturday, a huge one out at AT&T Stadium, you know, state semifinals and all that. Duncanville undefeated versus undefeated. What are some uh, some early thoughts on that matchup? Shoot, they ain't seen us, we ain't seen them. That's all mm-hmm. I got to say. That's all I got to say. What is, um, obviously, a, you know, an entire week's worth of game planning still to go, but um, just as far as some kind of some initial keys to victory, what is it going to take on the, on the defense's end on Saturday to punch your ticket to that state title game? Three things. Eye discipline, tackling, and no big plays. Mm-hmm. And we win it. Period. Awesome. Awesome. That should be a should be a fun one on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you guys are. I'm sure Duncanville is. It's kind of been a matchup that I'm sure has been on everybody's radar all season long. Should be a good one. And, yeah, that is all I have for you, Mo. I appreciate you for taking the time to chat. Uh, once again, this is Mo Perkins, defensive back out at Allen. Allen continues its playoff run Saturday out at AT&T Stadium, 4 o'clock, Class 6A Division One State Semifinals against Duncanville. Mo, best of luck to you guys and your week of preparation. Thank you for taking the time to chat. Appreciate you. Thanks again to Mo Perkins for taking the time to chat for our student athlete spotlight. And um, yeah, so let's pivot off of Allen. You know, obviously that's the price of winning lots and lots of football games at this juncture of the year. Going to talk a lot of Allen, but um, obviously we had another team that had a very big game this past Saturday. Um, Frisco Reedy in a game that was obviously very highly anticipated as they took their shot at the uh, at the king of 5A Division One right now, um, Alito. Uh, Brian, you're at this game. Um, you know, uh, a game that you know Reedy stayed within arm's reach for a lot of the way, but ultimately Alito just a little bit too much. Um, what were your takeaways from this game? First off, Alito is really comparable to Allen. Mm-hmm. They literally are the 5A version yeah. of them. You know, they have a huge following. Uh, they've won eight state titles within the last decade, seven or eight state titles within the last decade. Um, they're they're an unstoppable force. Year in and year out, they have these new you know D1 caliber guys. They're running back. Speaking of Oklahoma, yes. Jace McClellan, he's committed to Oklahoma. He's only a junior, so they'll get him next year. There's a guy, JoJo Earl, I'd heard about him a little bit, and I finally got to see him play. He's only a sophomore. He, they, Obviously, he's a receiver, and they played him some at defensive back. He had an interception in this game. Picked off Josh Foskey, which is not an easy thing to do. Foskey rarely throws interceptions. He threw two uh, in this game, and he's electric. I know he's got offers from Texas Tech and Texas, and like I said, he's a sophomore. Jason McClellan's coming back next year. He'll be a senior. Their quarterback, Jake Bishop, fine young quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's really elusive, can run the ball, throw the ball when he needs to. He's only a junior. This The, the reign of Alito Terror is only just beginning, yeah. really. Right back here next year. Oh, likely. my gosh. With, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll be shocked if they're not back in the, in the Final Four. And, you know... This game, Reedy looked like they were they, they were going to able to get control early. They they got a 13 play drive to start the game. It ended in an interception. The play that set up the interception, the play before, there was an offensive pass interference called in the end zone. Coach uh, uh, Chad Cole told me after the game, I don't know, I didn't understand that play. I don't know why it was pass interference. Pushes them back to third and really long. Foskey throws an interception trying to make something happen. Alito drives down. You're like, oh, oh man, Alito's gonna you know score here with ease. Then they throw an interception, and Re- so it's like, okay, Reedy gets back the momentum. They drive back down, 14 play drive, settle for a field goal, and they had the ball for so long. It looked like Reedy was just controlling, 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 keeping their defense off the mm-hmm. field, and that's the recipe to you know to to knock off teams like Alito, teams like Allen and and whatnot. But then after that, Jason McClellan showed up. Yeah. You know, he, he busted a 43-yard run just a couple plays later. He had a 50-plus-yard run uh, drive after that. He had two more touchdowns on the night. He had three three touchdowns in all. They gave him the ball 28 times, uh, almost 200 yards rushing. The dude is special. Um, it just, the leader was just a notch 
a notch better. They were, they were the better team won. Looks like um, Reedy didn't help themselves out with penalties either. Oh, man, there's there's laundry all over the field all game long. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that pass interference was just just epitomized that game. You know, they, they, they shot themselves in the in the foot too many too many times. You know, they, they, they added a couple touchdowns late to make the score respectable. But like Alita was up fourteen to three. This was a three to nothing ball game, you know, at the seven minute mark of the second quarter. And then that's when McClellan, you know, joined the party. And we got the first two touchdowns, and, and the lead off, and started rolling. And then it was fourteen to three before you, you know, even realized it. And then, but from that point on, it, it was never a blowout. It was never out of reach, but you felt like Alito was just in control. And Reedy, Reedy did a good job. Once Alito kept, they would drive down the field with ease, and then they just have to settle for a field goal. They did it three times. They kicked three field goals in this game, which is, you know, not many teams are able to do that even once. You know, Alito's coming in. Averaging over 50 points a game, just absolute juggernaut. And so, props to the Reedy defense in, in in doing that. And Foskey made a heck of a bunch of you know third down plays in this game. He found Nolan Matthews two different times on third and long. He found Bennett Meekum on third and long for first down. So, the offense was doing what it could. They just they just couldn't get in the end zone when they needed to. That that. That field goal by Harbor and then the interception on the very first drive, that ultimately kind of set the tone. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if you don't get touchdowns on those drives, we're not going to win this game because Alito, you know, it, touchdowns are really hard to come by against Alito. Before this game, Alito's uh, closest margin of victory was 14 the week before to South Oak Cliff. Other than that, it was 30, 40, 50, 60-point blocks yeah. all across the board. So props to Reed, I guess. The silver lining, you only lost by 10 um, <laughs> to the number one team in the state. Uh, I mean, a heck of a year for Reedy. You know, it's a shame that a lot of these guys are going to be graduating. A lot of their defensive line, um, a lot a lot of their, their big guys on the offensive line are graduating. Foskey, Nolan Matthews, he's going to Arizona State. Uh, <laughs> there's the Arizona guy right here. Uh, Michael Ferrara, tough to see him. You know, after you know being a JV guy, you know the first couple years at Reedy, and then he steps in and just balls out as a senior on varsity at running back, and his his high school career is over. But we'll see. We'll see if Reedy can can bounce back after graduating a lot of these guys. But they've really set the bar and, and set the precedent at at Reedy for. Yeah, kind of sticking with that. Just what does this what does a season like this do for just the history oh, of the Reedy football program being just three years old? Look at Lone Star. Yeah, Lone Star. They saw success. I mean, granted, they had a rough one or two years to start off, like every other. Frisco team has, but then they just went right into it, you know, making the playoffs and reached the state championship game in, in 2015, uh, right before I started covering the team, and you know, who knows, this might do the same same thing for Reedy, you know, they're well coached, they're well disciplined, you know, they still have some, some key guys coming back, you know, Will Harbor <laughs> being one of them, the Mr. Do-It-All, kicker, first team all-district linebacker, uh, Wildcat quarterback, he's one of many guys that, that's still coming back, and they've... You know, like I said, they've set the precedent for what Reedy football is expected from uh, from these guys uh, for the future. So, does this mean in three years we're going to have Lebanon Trail in the fourth round? I, you know, that wouldn't surprise me. I, I, honestly, I think Memorial. If any team would do it, I, I'm hearing great things about Memorial. You know, they're competitive a little bit. They beat Lebanon Trail, and they just, you know, it's like <laughs> no knock on them, but it's almost like the bad news bears. Like they just gathered up this team basically in the spring. Yeah. You know, they just opened their doors and. That'd be interesting. Memorial, they got a lot of guys from Lone Star, so they know how to win. And that that that, that could be something to monitor in the in the next couple of years. A lot of people I've talked to said, "Hey, watch out for Memorial. Maybe not next season, but the year after their third varsity season, like Reedy, because they you know they have a good senior class coming in 
just like uh, just like Reedy did. Interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, notable off-season storylines and monitor there out in mm-hmm. Frisco ISD. And um, yeah, that'll do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, Brian, Justin, appreciate you guys for tagging along. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday to preview the upcoming Allen Duncanville game, plus talk a little boys basketball and whatnot. So yes, folks, hey, enjoy your week, and we will talk to you all later. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. They deliver more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. Their McKinney office is currently hiring Class A CDL drivers, order selectors, and many other entry and part-time positions. For more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com slash careers, or you can call 214-491-3130. That is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.